getting ready to get started here and I am so excited already I'm on about two minutes early so that I can uh, get set up and get ready to go here uh, so that we can have a tremendous service uh, and I tell you I am just so excited about the Word of God for tonight so I trust that most of you guys are getting set up yourself. I pray that you all are as excited as I am about uh, tonight's service. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Glad to be with you all tonight. Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father, and we bless his holy name. He is worthy of all glory. Um, for those of you that might be visiting, my name is Stanley Scott II. I'm the senior pastor of Faith Family Church here in Houston, Texas. Welcome to you all over the world uh, in different places across the nation. And uh, we're so glad to have you a part of our Wednesday night live service. Um, pastor Carol preached for me last week. Of course, I was in on it and uh, we talked about communication uh, but we're going to pick back up in a series that I had started in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, we did our Wednesday night live broadcast two weeks ago from Detroit. And we started a new series called Blessed Storehouses. So uh, we'll be uh, going in that direction tonight. And I am so very excited about what the Spirit of God has revealed in my heart, just with what God is doing at Faith Family Church. Um, so thank you. Thank you all for being a part of the service tonight. I would love to uh, know that you're online, uh, to know that you're watching. If you get a chance, I know we all uh, use different devices, YouTube or Facebook to watch the service, but please let me know that you're watching. Uh, just simply click the comments and, uh, you know, say hello. Uh, somebody will keep track of the scriptures and the, the sermon uh, message title and uh, it's going to be good. Um, I do want to say this before I get into the message, especially for you Wednesday nighters. Um, so on September the 7th, let me make sure I do this right. Um, I think it's the 7th and the 8th. So it would be September 1st. It would be September the 8th. Brother Keith Moore, who was my instructor in Bible school, 25 years ago. Um, he's coming to Houston. I'd love for him to come to Faith Family Church. Uh, I listen to him every week and I have for decades. Um, and I consider him an elder. We recently, in January, uh, he started a ministerial association and we joined his uh, ministerial association. Uh, and he's coming to Houston. He's going to be in Conroe, Texas on September the 7th and the 8th. It's a Tuesday night and a Wednesday night. I wanna ask you to consider traveling to Conroe either on the 7th and the 8th or on the 7th or the 8th. But I'm gonna tell you the truth. We are not gonna have Wednesday night live service on September the 8th because I'm gonna be there, okay? Uh, in October, I'll be uh, seeing him. I'll, I'll go up to Branson, Missouri for his week of increase. In September, he'll be in uh, our home church, uh, Bishop Butler. Uh, that's where we came from in Detroit, Michigan. 
uh, years and years ago. He's got his Word of Faith convention and, and Brother Keep's gonna be there. So in September, I'll be there the week after that. So I wanna invite you um, as your pastor or one in spiritual authority to prayerfully consider. It's about two weeks out, so maybe you can pray about it. Obviously, it takes us an hour to get to Conroe from where we are here. If we left at six o'clock, that would be enough time to get there at seven o'clock for the seven o'clock service and uh, just make our way back when it's over. But on Wednesday, September the 8th, I'm letting you know a couple weeks in advance, we're not gonna have Wednesday night live service. I'm going to hear Brother Keith Moore at the Ark Church, and I wanna invite you all to do the same, all right? So I'll, I'll make some more announcements about that. Um, but hello to all of you all there. Uh, good to see Marie and Nancy and Arlene and Karen and Dolores, all of you. Uh, I thank God for you in the name of Jesus. Don't forget to keep up in prayer, our brothers and sisters um, in Christ throughout Faith Family. We do have a couple uh, of folks that are dealing with some physical symptoms of sickness and disease. And so the Bible says to pray one for another that you may be healed. Uh, always, always please keep uh, Sister Lori Dankins lifted up in prayer. Uh, and then, uh, like I said, a number of us at Faith Family that may be dealing with some symptoms of sickness and disease. Um, but I, there's two I want to call to attention tonight, and then we'll pray again probably on Sunday. Mother Mary Sanders, who greets and she serves every week at, at Faith Family, her son, who's a part of Faith Family, Ricky Hall, uh, I talked to him yesterday. He's dealing with the symptoms of prostate cancer. Ricky Hall is dealing with the symptoms of prostate cancer. He's doing chemotherapy for the next eight weeks at Kelsey Seaball. I think he goes in on Tuesday, and then he said it, it's kind of difficult uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday before he gets back to his normal strength. So please start praying for Ricky Hall over the next uh, eight weeks. And uh, he, he was so confident, he encouraged me when I talked to him. He already sees the end of this with victory. He knows he's coming out of this valley of the shadow of death on the other side. So please keep up Ricky Hall in your prayers. And then Brother John Galbraith. Uh, Brother John Galbraith uh, let us know that um, his cousin's daughter, was at a Houston college and was found dead, shot in the head. Uh, I know that's graphic, but it's real. And I, and I pray you can embrace the uh, severity and the necessity uh, for prayer for John Goldbreth's um, cousin's daughter. And Mother Goldbreth, uh, she's my number one partner in ministry. I, I never had partners in ministry. She's my only partner in ministry. Uh, because I haven't started partnership, but amen. She's 96 years old and my first ever partner in ministry. Um, and, and you know, that's a, a loss in their family. Um, I am going to make the effort to go to the, the, the service on this Saturday. But please keep Brother John Goldbreth, Mother Goldbreth, and that family, the Merriweather family, lifted up in prayer in light of that tragedy uh, I think she was 21 years, not even 21. I think she was 19 years old, found dead in her dorm room here 
uh, at a Houston college. Are you all ready for tonight? Come on, I can't hear you. Are you ready for tonight? This is outstanding. Um, amen. Uh, glory to God. We're going to have a great time. Let's go ahead and pray and jump right into this. Father, we thank you for this, another opportunity to study your word. Your word, oh God, is a lamp unto our feet. It is a light unto our path. We ask you, Father, to shine the light of your word to us tonight by the Holy Spirit. Help us to see it. Help us to get it. That which you are revealing to us through this message tonight. Move, Holy Ghost, through the airways to those that desire to be connected, those that are listening now, to those that are listening later, do a work on the inside of us. Let our eyes be enlightened. Let us get the revelation and let us be the blessed because of it. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And all that agree with that prayer said, amen, amen. Well, open with me in your Bible to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28. And we're going to look at verse 1, 2. And we're also going to look at verse number eight. Now, this is part two of a series that we started two weeks ago called Blessed Storehouses. As most of you know, on Wednesday night, we have been talking about the blessing of the Lord. We have studied this for almost the entire year, a little bit over the entire year now, and I, I am still uh, amazed at the revelation that we've been receiving and how it is life altering. I am excited. I'm excited about the blessing of the Lord. I highly value the blessing of the Lord. And so with, without further ado, please look at uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28. And we're going to look at verse um, we're going to look at verse one, two, and we're also going to look at verse number eight. So notice now in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse one and two, it says, and this is in the New Living Translation, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commands that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. In the New Living, verse 2 says, you will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. And then verse 8, it says, the Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord your God will bless you in the land that he is giving you. So the title of the message tonight is called, This is God's Idea. When we talk about blessed storehouses, this is not something that, that just popped in my head. This is God's idea. I love verse two in the New Living. I don't know if I read it like this before, but it just kind of, you know, means something when it says that you will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. I don't know about you. I want to experience the blessing of the Lord. 
especially since I've been studying it with you for all of these months. I want to experience the blessing. And he says, you will experience the blessings, these blessings, if you obey the Lord your God. If we were in a church setting, I'd tell you, turn to your neighbor and tell them, be careful to obey. And so really our text for this series is verse eight, Deuteronomy 28 and eight. God says that he will guarantee a blessing on everything that you do and he will fill your storehouses. This is God's idea. God wants to fill our storehouses. Isn't that good news? I introduced this series about two weeks ago when I was in Detroit for our Wednesday Night Live broadcast. And the first message was called From Broke to Blessed. And I, I, I don't know your personal financial business. You know, maybe you might feel like you're broke, um, but I'm here to declare that you are blessed. And in a financial sense, um, through this series, we're going to go from a place uh, for, for many that, that may be in a broke place financially to being in a blessed place financially. Uh, we talk a lot about, and I, I make no apology of it, we talk a lot about sowing at Faith Family Church. Uh, but in this new series, we're going to talk about saving. And uh, for that, I am really excited. I don't recall uh, ever doing a, an entire teaching or series on the subject of saving money. Uh, but the Lord has been directing me. He's been stirring me up about it. Uh, because what we hear affects what we believe. If you never hear any teaching about the subject of savings, then how can you release faith to believe God to build your savings accounts? Well, God's been stirring me up to do a series on this subject, uh, and I'm excited to have this unction to go in this direction. Uh, I'm also excited about this series because it's about the blessing. It's not just about storehouses or savings account. It's about blessed storehouses, right? So if you've been uh, stirred up about the blessing and highly value the blessing as I do, uh, then I hope you can share uh, this level of excitement with me. The blessing of the Lord being upon your savings account. Uh, my wife and I, we, we, we have joint accounts. Uh, we don't have separate individual accounts like his money and her money. Um, we put everything in one bag. It's not my check. It's not her check. Um, it's just money that, that comes in and, and we function as one uh, as a marriage unit. Um, and so, but, but in that account, we've got different, you know, suffixes, uh, different, you know, instruments, a checking account, a savings account, and then a, an additional savings account. And just imagining God's blessing being upon our accounts. Amen. Uh, in, in that respect. And so, uh, uh, we, we've been fired up about the blessing of the Lord all year long, and here we go again. So look at verse number eight one more time. It says, the Lord will guarantee a blessing 
on everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. In the New International Version, verse 8 says, the Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to, the Lord will bless you in the land he is giving you. So now notice um, when you talk about blessed storehouses, uh, we could also call this series blessed barns because a barn and a storehouse is interchangeable as we see it in scripture. But for us today, barns are bank accounts or individual retirement accounts or uh, you know, mutual funds or you know, college funds or different saving instrument, money markets or certificates of deposits, anything. I mean, I guess if you store, uh, if you store cash in a safe, then that safe is a barn. It's a, it's a storehouse. What I'm here today to tell you is that God wants your barns filled with plenty. Come on, somebody say amen to that. Uh, barns are our bank accounts today. And God wants to fill your storehouses. He wants to fill your barns, your bank accounts with plenty. Uh, you could call to remembrance Proverbs chapter uh, 3 and, and, and verse number 9 and verse number 10. I want to read it out of the NIV. Uh, this is Bible study, so we're going to look at some scriptures. In the New International Version of Proverbs 3 and 9, it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your crops. Anything that produces financially in your life, it, 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 I mean, if the government gives you some money, if you inherit some money, if you find money, if you work and produce money, if you've got increase from investments that come, if you honor the Lord with your wealth and with anything that you produce, then your barns, verse 10, will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. So this is a very familiar passage of scripture. We talk about sowing into the kingdom and honoring the Lord with your substance. We talk about that all the time, and we should, because it's something that we should be doing all the time. But verse 10 is so real, and it reveals God's heart. God wants to fill your, your, your retirement account with plenty to last you for decades. He wants to fill your save your college fund. He wants to fill your uh, savings, you know, for for this or for that or vacation savings. He wants to fill your barns with plenty. Look at verse ten. He says, "Then your barns, your bank accounts. If you honor God, your bank accounts will be filled." to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. In the New King James, it says, your barns will be filled with plenty. So uh, a bank account today starts to overflow 
at $250,000, you know, I take God's word as God speaking to me. I take it literally in many senses, in many instances. Uh, I find out what God is saying to me, and I take him literally. And so when he says, if you honor me with your substance, that you know I'm going to cause your barns to be filled to overflowing, then I want to know what that looks like, okay? And so in this joint account, this one account that we have, um, uh, it's actually a Wells Fargo account. And from what I understand, I used to be a bank teller way back in the day. I used to work at Telcom Credit Union in Southfield, Michigan. And back in that day, uh, we were trained, uh, and you can see the sign throughout the bank, that the FDIC will insure accounts up to $100,000. And it would have to be, you know, obviously made known to every member of the credit union. Well, today they upped it a long time ago, and you know, this pretty much been the same for a long time. The, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, that's what the FDIC stands for, they will insure an account at a bank up to $250,000 today. Once you get past $250,000 to like $272,000 or you know, even $313,000, it's not guaranteed. That money is not insured. It would be better for you to open up a, an account at another bank, because you can have multiple accounts at multiple banks, uh, so that that money is protected. What I'm trying, I, I don't mean to get so detailed, um, but, but, but in reality, a bank account today can overflow. It can, it can get full. And for me, it's just not wise to have a money, money in a place that's not guaranteed. And, and, and so to me, that's the limit, 250000 in one account. Now, most people, and I remember this from being a teller, most people don't have $250,000 cash liquid in an account that they can retrieve today or even in a money market or even in certificates of deposit. It may take you know, some effort to get it withdrawn. Um, most people don't have several accounts. You know, Barnes, plural, means more than one. And God doesn't want you just to have one bank account. Uh, you could say it's almost unscriptural for you to have just one bank account. He says, I want your barns filled, the, the storage places filled to plenty, to overflow. Man, this is good preaching. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm getting excited, but I got to calm down. So, so, so listen to me carefully. This is God's idea. That's the title tonight. And I want you to receive this into your spirit. Start to think along these lines. If you have three or four accounts with $250,000, obviously you're a millionaire. And that's the kind of life that God intends for you to live. Are you saying, Pastor Stan, it's God's will for every Christian to be a millionaire? Well, if you want to compute it that way, then so be it. But I believe, to make it abundantly clear, it's God's will for every believer to have bank accounts that are filled to overflowing and to have more than one. So you do the, you do the figures on that. But I believe it's God's will for me, and I believe it's God's will for you. But how does he say 
This is going to happen. You might feel like I'm talking to you and this is like a pipe dream, if I could call it that. But how is it going to happen? You know, Pastor Stan, I, I don't have that kind of uh, job. I don't have that kind of career. You know, the, the, it's, it's almost like based on my education, where I'm at, you know, at 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 years old or seven, even beyond. Uh, you know, I, I, how is that going to happen? Because I only make, you know, $100,000 on the job. And, you know, I've got an operating expense for life. And, you know, I, I don't ever see that our family could, you know, well, well, how is, how, how's it going to happen? Well, look at Deuteronomy 28 and 8 again. And I believe we'll begin to see how this is going to happen. He says very clearly, the Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses. So maybe right now your, your, bank, your bank account isn't nearly filled. Your retirement account isn't nearly filled. Um, I used to do this when I was as, as a teller, just to, to take note of how other people handle money. I, I didn't grow, grow up in a wealthy home. You know, uh, my, my parents aren't independently wealthy. And so I didn't know what it was like to grow up rich. And so as a bank teller at, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old, um, you know, you, you're opening up people's accounts to put money, you know, do transactions so you could see what people had in their holdings. And it would always amaze me when I would see accounts north of $100,000 because, again, you know, FDIC was $100,000 back then. Every now and then I'd see an account maybe with $252,000. Uh, again, it wasn't insured. And most smart people with money know not to have, you know, a whole bunch in an account like that. And then even as I've grown up, you know, maybe I'm sitting on the airplane and, you know, somebody's got their cell phone up and I can remember, at a, you know, I'm not a nosy person, but, you know, the guy's on the other side of the aisle, he's one seat up and it looks like he's looking at a bank account and there's like six figures, you know, uh, at least from the distance. I can't see all the details, but don't mess with me about being nosy. Now, I just happened to, it just happened to catch my eye. <laughs> The question that we're asking is, how is it going to happen? Maybe your account doesn't have six figures in it right now. Well, what the word says, and that's what I build and base my life on. And if you're an individual that's listening to me tonight and, and you, you want to see the blessing of the Lord on your storehouses and you would like to be in a position where you have money stored up for many years, how the scripture says it is going to happen is, is by the command of the blessing of the Lord on your storehouses. In, in other words, God from heaven is going to call your savings account at Wells Fargo blessed. He's going to, what does that mean? Blessed. God is going to say something good about that savings account that's going to enable it to prosper and empower it to succeed. Whoo, glory to God. 
Think about the God of the universe, God Almighty, saying something good about your retirement investments, saying something good about your children's college funds. I don't know, maybe somebody online thinks that, you know, that maybe we should preach in a different direction and maybe that, you know, God doesn't mean for us to give this kind of attention. I, here at Faith Family, we believe what the Word of God says, and if we can find it in the Word of God and exercise faith, we believe we'll, we'll have it manifest in our lives. Amen? Let's keep going. Uh, we, we highlighted the fact that, that when God commands the blessing, that's something special. You don't hear that often in Scripture. Actually, there's only three times in the Bible where God talks about a commanded blessing. Yeah, God blesses. He blesses. Uh, I was listening to Brother Keith Moore. Uh, he spoke on the blessing this past Sunday, talking about speaking blessing. And he said in that message that there are over 500 references in the Bible about blessing, about people being blessed or God blessing or, or blessing at 500 different scriptures in the Bible. It, it's, it's big, y'all, right? Um but 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 <laughs> there are only three times that God mentions him commanding a blessing, right? It's here in Deuteronomy 28. Of course, we looked at it in Psalm 133 stanza three, that in unity, in that place of unity and agreement, like with Makita and I, when we are in unity and agreement, it's why we, we base our life on agreement, because in that place, where you are in unity and agreement, God commands the blessing, glory. But the third time, the, the, the third reference that I bring to your attention is in Leviticus chapter 25 and verse 21 and 22. We gotta look at it one more time because the spirit of God showed uh, is speaking to me through it about it tonight. In Leviticus 25, 21 and 22, he says, then I will command my blessing on you in the sixth year and it'll bring forth produce enough for three years and you shall sow in the eighth, excuse me, in the eighth year and eat of old produce until the ninth year, until its produce comes in, you shall eat of the old harvest. So when we ask the question, how's it going to happen that, you know, these thousands of dollars or 10,000, tens of thousands of dollars that we have set aside as a family or as an individual for this purpose, how's it going to get to the place where we're looking at six figures and overflowing? It's going to be, whoo, glory, I pray somebody's receiving this tonight. Whoo, thank you, Holy Ghost. It will be because of your obedience and the commanded blessing. You might be in your 60s right now or in your 70s right now, and I particularly challenge you to pay attention to this. Don't be moved by what you see. Don't allow it to affect your faith. If God said it, he's able to make it come to pass. Glory to God. Amen. Listen to this. Look at what the commanded blessing is able to produce. In one year, 
they had a multiple year harvest show up just because of a commanded blessing. In one year, they produce more in one year than they, than they would in two. They produced a three-year harvest out of a single year. The harvest in the sixth year literally lasts them for almost three years. What am I saying to you? When God commands the blessing, you'll start to experience exponential growth. Some of us, especially those of us that are my age, you know, uh, we're old enough, we have a little bit more wisdom, we've experienced life a little bit, you know, than we did, you know, maybe 10 years ago or 20 years ago. I kind of feel like, and I heard people say it when I was younger, but I understand it now, especially, you know, if I knew what I knew then, if I knew then what I know today, you know, how further along would I be? Let's talk about mutual funds and making investments as, as a 24-year-old or even a 22-year-old. If you just set aside a small amount of money into a mutual fund, they say that in 20 years, you would be in such a position. And the reason why is because of compounded interest. You know, it's not just the amount of money that you put in, but that it's been in for a long period of time. And you hit an exponential point where things start to grow exceedingly. Listen to me by the Spirit of God tonight. Because what I am, not I, but what God is saying to you through the word is that he will, when you obey him, command the blessing. And what I want you to see is that the commanded blessing produces exponential growth. I was uh, sharing with someone today by text message that God has promised to restore the years that the locust has eaten. We looked at that in the first part of this. And so you might be someone about my age or a little older or even much older. Don't worry about the opportunities that you've missed. In this world, yeah, you would have needed to start in your 20s, but by the hand of God and the commanded blessing of the Lord, he could restore to you and exceedingly surpass what you could have produced if you had greater wisdom in your younger years. Who am I preaching to tonight? Pastor Stan, do you really believe this stuff? I believe it wholeheartedly. I'm at such a peace that I have no regrets about not laying up in store in my 20s or even in my 30s. Why? Because I believe in the exponential growth ability of the Almighty God through his blessing. When God commands the blessing, you will start to experience exponential growth. Uh, here at Faith Family Church, we've not yet experienced as a congregation uh, this thing called exponential growth. We're about to celebrate our 12th year anniversary 
Uh, it'll be Sunday, September. Well, it's on the 13th, but we'll celebrate on Sunday, September the 12th. We'll turn 12 on the 12th. And in all of those years, we've grown. We have grown every year. Uh, we're in a better position today than we were when we began. Uh, if you just look at where we are numerically and the, the, the number of people that attend, obviously, you know, through coronavirus, you know, you would think there would be a natural setback, but even financially beyond attendance, every year has been better than the previous year. But in 12 years, we've never yet experienced this thing called exponential growth. But the days are coming. I'm telling you, I sense it. I am more excited today than ever. There's something about to break off in the realm of the spirit. And for those of us that are around, when it happens, this thing is going to take off like a rocket ship where we were ministering to scores, we'll be ministering to hundreds at a time. Where we've been ministering to hundreds, we will be ministering to thousands, even tens of thousands. And what I've seen is that faith family is called to reach, listen, scores of thousands as a congregation. That's going to come as a result of exponential growth where from one year to the next, where we were at hundreds, within a small period of time, we'll be at thousands. And then within a, a few more years, where we were at thousands in a service, we'll be at tens of thousands. Prophetically, that's what I'm prophesying over your storehouses. You've not yet, maybe you've not yet in your lifetime experienced exponential growth. You are about to, is, through your obedience and through your through the commanded blessing of the Lord God Almighty, I prophesy your accounts are going to experience exponential growth. Whew. Who's receiving this tonight? If you will do what the Lord has been teaching us, then you too will experience exponential growth because this is God's idea. Say that out loud. This is God's idea. So tonight I'm led to talk about the wisdom of this world versus the wisdom of God. When you talk about something being God's idea, th this is the wisdom of God. Blessed storehouses, this is the wisdom of God. Uh, but 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 there there is a wisdom apart from God that's of this world, and the Bible talks about it. In First Corinthians chapter one and verse twenty, it says, "Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world?" That's First Corinthians chapter one and verse number twenty. Has God not made foolish the wisdom of this world? I'm, I'm led to talk tonight uh, about the wisdom of this world versus the wisdom of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 19, again, he talks about the wisdom of this world. He says in verse 19, 
for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. Now think about it. We just talked about a point of wisdom that it would have been very wise for you at 20 years old to start to set aside $75 every month over the next 30 years of your life into a mutual fund. And that by the end, uh, by the time you reach age 55, that $75 a month for 30 years would have turned into $1.2 million just laid up. In a, in a mutual fund or a retirement account. Now, that's the wisdom of this world. That the, the world without God are, are already training and communicating about that. But I'm talking to you about something that's different. God says about the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. I mean, when you think about it in Luke chapter 16, as we've been studying, this guy was set up for many years, maybe decades, maybe a couple, two or three decades, but he couldn't even enjoy it. Ecclesiastes, uh, uh, Solomon talks about, what is it that you, 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 you hoard, you, you heap up all of this wealth, but you can't enjoy it. That's foolish. And then in James chapter three and verse number 15, he says this wisdom, he's talking about the wisdom of this world, it descends not from above, but it's earthly, it's, it's, it's from this world. It's sensual, it's devilish. So the Bible calls the wisdom of this world, it, it makes a, distinct, a distinction between the wisdom of God and the wisdom of this world. And it says it's foolish, that the wisdom of this world is foolishness in comparison to the wisdom of God. And in, and in James 3 and 15, he says this, this wisdom is earthly, it's worldly, it's sensual. And I, and I like this one, it's devilish. What do you mean devilish? Um, last time I was in Detroit, hanging out with my mom and dad and, and my wife and the boys, you know, had a good time. Uh, you know, my birthday was celebrating and whatnot. And my mom, you know, relaxes and she watches TV. And, and one of the shows she watch, watches is Blackish. Um, I like TV. I, that's not one of the shows I watch. It's funny. But, you know, Blackish, you know, it's a play on words. Uh, and then I saw this was kind of different. The teenage girl obviously got a little bit older. I think she graduated over the seasons. And now they did a spinoff. And it's the, she does a show called Grownish. So you got blackish, you got grownish, but the Bible talks about something that's devilish. <laughs> I, I wish I had a live audience with me tonight. I'm just in, a, in, in my home studio with four walls and the ceiling, uh, you know. So I have to laugh uh, for myself. <laughs> God calls the wisdom of this world devilish, you know. Yeah, it's devilish. Then there's Luke chapter 16 and verse number eight. One more reference about the wisdom of this world. Luke 16 and verse number eight. He says, and the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely. He says, Jesus said this. He said, for the children of this world, 
are in their generation wiser than the children of light. Now in Luke 16, Jesus is telling a story about some money matters, financial wisdom. And he notes that it's the wisdom of this world and the children of this world that are wise are concerning financial matters in this world wiser than the children of light. Um, so I want to talk just a bit about this because there are things that you could do that are financially smart. Um, but what I'm directed to minister to you is the blessing of God being upon particularly your storehouses. It's God's idea. What, what I want to minister to through this series about your savings accounts being blessed and what that looks like and how that's going to happen is the wisdom of God. Um, Sister Dolores Randall, she's online right now. Um, she's our housekeeper. Uh, well, she has a housekeeping business. Um, that's Stan. Y'all got a maid? Well, praise God. Yeah, we're blessed. Amen. Uh, you know, we've hired her and have, I believe, for over a year. And, uh, you know, she does an amazing job and we thank God for her. Uh, and, you know, we, we, we speak God's blessing over her business. Amen. Um, but another thing that she does, I was talking to her about it today. Um, you know, years ago, she got into Primerica. And um, we were just talking, and, and there's three things that they focus on. Now, I'm not a promoter of Primerica. I'm not a part of that. But I really liked what she said. There are three guiding principles and, and, and uh, cornerstones that they use when they talk to people about their financial services that they sell. Uh, number one is life insurance. And personally, as a pastor, through the years, uh, I believe it's 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 irresponsible, this is my own opinion, not to have life insurance. It's kind of like driving a car without car insurance. Uh, and, you know, I have life insurance and I encourage people to get it. Uh, now, it shouldn't be the whole boot and caboodle. It shouldn't be your only hope in your financial plan. Um, but it is something that's wise to have if you don't have it. Have some kind of plan uh, of, of, of what happens in your absence. Second cornerstone uh, she made a note of, which I thought was very wise, that they deal with natural wisdom, worldly wisdom, is that you should have a three to six month emergency fund. And then in their financial services, they also deal with uh, individual retirement accounts. But for them, it's a Roth IRA, uh, which is, you know, after you get your money, it's already taxed. Then you can put it in a Roth IRA, individual retirement accounts. And they use that as the platform uh, for their business. Those are great ideas. Uh, those are good ideas. Obviously, Primerica, they make their money. They, they base their business off of that. But what I am led to minister to you through this series is God's idea concerning your storehouses being filled to, is anybody getting this tonight? Filled to overflowing. I'm going to show you an example from the scripture tonight. And we're going to look at it over the next several weeks. Or look at examples like this over the next several weeks. An example of the wisdom of God. 
There are great ideas. Uh, Dave Ramsey's got some great ideas. What's that lady? Um, man, on the tip of my tongue, Susie Orman. She's got some great, I mean, there are financial experts and gurus uh, and you can find them everywhere. Uh, D David Yukasaki uh, uh, or, man, I'm messing up his name, bless his heart. He wrote a book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You know, there's all kinds of stuff out there. But for you and I, for you and I, God's given us wisdom. I'm going to share a little bit of that tonight, all right? So are you ready for this? I know I'm like way into this message and I'm, I'm talking as if I'm just in my introduction. But this passage in Genesis chapter 41 reveals the wisdom of God. It reveals God's idea. You all know the story, uh, Joseph, man, God gave him a dream and it seemed like a pipe dream. <laughs> he said, you know, the sun, the moon, and the stars are going to bow down. The, the, the sheaves are going to bow down. The, the lambs and the, everything's going to, you're going to be in a very high position. And he shared it. Of course, you know, his, his brothers despised him because his father made him his favorite. He ended up being sold into slavery. What, what happened to that dream? I'm here to tell you, no matter what it looks like in your life right now, no matter what your account looks like right now, hold on to your dream. If you've got a dream of having multiple homes, hold on to your dream. If you have a dream of having bank accounts that, that, that will have years laid up in store, I don't care what age you are, hold on to your dream. I'm a dreamer like Joseph. Joseph went from uh, slavery in Potiphar's house to prison in Pharaoh's uh, uh, kingdom. It doesn't look like what God said, the dream, the, you know, what God was talking about, these lofty ideas. It doesn't look like it's going to come to pass at all. But yet he held on to it. The Bible said in Psalm 105, I hold on to this almost every day of my life until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. And he held on it for decade after decade. And then in jail, one day, Pharaoh's butler and baker were put in prison, same prison that he was in. And one night, these two men had a dream. <laughs> not a good dream. Well, not so good for one. And they were really troubled because of the dreams that they had. And they, they were talking among themselves. Joseph pops in one day and I say, hey, what's going on? Why are you all so sad? Well, come on, dude, we're all in prison. What do you mean? Why are we so sad? Hey, just because you might be in a financial, of, of, uh, uh, a financial prison where it doesn't seem like you can escape, doesn't mean that the prison has to get on the inside of you. You can hold on to your dream. He says, well, why are you guys so sad? Well, come on, we're in prison. Why wouldn't we be sad? And he told him, he said, well, well we've had this dream. And he said, well, you know, uh, tell me what your dream is. And God gave him the interpretation of the dream. And he told him, he says, and when you all get out, or when you get out, you know, don't don't forget me, right? So, man, 
the dream came to pass. One guy died. Another guy was released from prison, just like he said in the dream. And the, the guy that got released forgot about him. Now you got another two years to go by. And he's still in jail. But until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. Don't let go of your dream. If you have a dream for your children's college tuition to be paid off, I don't care if they're teenagers right now. Believe God. Believe that somehow, some way, even though you told yourself when the boys were born that you would start a college fund, 529, and be able to set aside funds for them, but now they're knocking on the door, getting ready to graduate at the end of this school year. And you don't know what you're going to do. Believe God and hold on to your dream. <laughs> Ooh, this is good tonight. <laughs> I can see you smiling, Marie Kane. Glory to God. Those girls are going to school free of charge on full scholarships. All the years of their education completely and totally paid for, I prophesy. Amen. Glory to God. So sure enough, Pharaoh has a dream. Pharaoh's disturbed by this dream. All the magicians, they couldn't interpret it. And then the, the, the guy remembers, you know what? When I was in prison, me and this other guy, we had a dream. And this guy told me to answer the dream. Pharaoh's like, get me that guy. Uh, and so he brings him up and he tells him the dream. It was like these cattle, seven cattle, and they were fattening and were thin. And, and then there were, there was, you know, the crops and they were fat and then they were thin. And then God gave Joseph the interpretation. And God gave, in addition, now, now listen to me carefully, in addition to the interpretation of the dream, God, hear me now, this is the most important point. God gave wisdom to Joseph to give to Pharaoh. And it was this catalyst that caused the dream that Joseph had to come to fruition. It was this catalyst that caused the dream that Joseph had that looked impossible to come to fruition. It was the wisdom of God. Say it out loud. This is God's idea. Listen to God's idea in Genesis chapter 41 and verse 34 through 36. Joseph tells Pharaoh, listen, let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land to collect one fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt and in the seven plentiful years. And let them gather all the food of those good years that are coming and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh and let them keep food in storehouses in the cities. Then that food shall be as a reserve for the land for seven years for the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land may not perish during the famine. Some of you know this story, you know exactly where I'm going with it, but I want you to connect the dots. This is God's idea. 
Joseph didn't just tell him the dream and come up with earthly, uh, sensual, devilish wisdom about taking 20% of the produce during seven years. I mean, it makes sense, right? You know, you got seven good years. You got more than enough in one year that could last you for that year. Or you could take some and put it aside, take some and put it aside, take some and put it aside so that when those seven bad years come, that you'll have some put aside. You could call that earthly wisdom, but listen, what I need you to receive like revelation from God himself, not just for Joseph's story, but for your life, this is God's idea. Somebody say it out loud. This is God's idea. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how close you are to retirement. I don't care if you're in retirement right now. Receive the wisdom of God that I'm sharing with you tonight. So it wasn't just an idea. God gave Joseph not just the interpretation of the dream, but he gave Joseph the idea, the wisdom to share with Pharaoh. What is that wisdom? God said, take 20% and set it aside. In, uh, and, and I'm going to start to wrap this up, but don't disconnect because this is the most profound part. 20%. Let's talk about it. He said, take one-fifth. That's 20%. Um, in 2022, just in a couple of months, four or five months, four months and some, I believe I've been directed by the Lord to challenge you to build your reserves. So it looks like we're going to be kicking off a campaign to help you do this at the first of this year, to build your reserves. I believe every believer should have at least a three-month reserve. But the focus when we kick off the new year is to challenge you to look at your expense. How much does it cost you to live in a month? 5,000, 6,000, 7,000. Maybe the bigger your family is, maybe it takes 10,000. I mean, that's $120,000 in annual income, maybe between you and your wife. You all need about $10,000 every month to show up in order for you to live and drive and educate your children, feed your family. 10,000. Well, a 90-day reserve would be $30,000 cash, not in mutual funds, not in retirement account, but a safe reserve of three months. That means if everything stopped, you would have 90 days before you ran out. That's just simply a 90 day. And what I what, what we're going to look like, what, what we're going to look at in scripture, we already have and we will. God wants you to get at a place where you got reserves laid up for many years, not just three months. Come on. But that's where we're going to start. So in 2022, I'm being directed by the Lord to challenge you to build your reserves. So, so we'll kick it off at, at January, but I want you to start now in preparing your heart and your mind. I want you to start now by receiving wisdom of God and this wisdom particularly. Uh, decades ago, uh, I remember Bishop Butler, 
at Word of Faith in Detroit, uh, teaching us to always save 10% of every paycheck. Uh, I think it's great wisdom. Um, man, I wish I had done it, you know, decades, right? But I, I was thinking about that. I've been talking about that uh, with our executive pastoral team. Um, Makita and I, we've been talking a little bit about it, but it's been stirring in my heart as God's been talking to me about challenging you to set aside three months reserve. So decades ago, I remember Bishop talking about uh, always saving. He said, you know, you know, after you set aside a tenth for God, then set aside a tenth just for savings. He essentially was teaching the congregation to not operate on 100% of your income. Listen very carefully. Set 10% aside for God and set 10% aside for savings. So I was preparing my notes and I was getting ready to minister tonight. I haven't even shared this with my wife. So baby, I know you're watching. Listen carefully. This is what I just saw tonight. Turn with me to Malachi chapter three and let's look at verse 10. In Malachi 3, 10, it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord, if I will open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. At a church like Faith Family, we talk about Malachi 3.10 all the time. We just did an entire series on dedicating 10% of our income to God. Some people got it. Other people don't, you know, didn't get it. And we're believing God for them to come up to this level where they dedicate a tenth or 10% of their income to God. But this just came to me tonight. About a couple of weeks ago, studying along blessed storehouses, it dawned on me that we're supposed to bring the tithe into the storehouse. God calls the, the church and ministries that preach the gospel, he calls the church the storehouse. Mm, now that, that you know, I kind of chewed on that for a minute, like, whoa, talk about blessed storehouses. The body of Christ, the church is supposed to be a storehouse for God, God's storehouse. All right, that's good. We get excited about that, but bear with me now, because here's this is what I saw tonight. This is the revelation I just received from the Lord. When you set aside 10% for God's savings, he will command blessing on the 10% you are saving. <laughs> Boom. I'm talking about like door, you know, freshman, again, you know, my, my pastor, as I was coming up in, in the faith, he was telling us, set aside 10% for God and 10% for, for, for savings. Every time you, you, you give God a 10th and you pay yourself, you put it aside in savings. Don't spend 100% of your income. Give God his part and then set aside. And what revelation hit my heart by the Holy Ghost tonight is that 20% wisdom, you know, 
it would have meant nothing and probably he wouldn't have did it if, if Joseph would have told Pharaoh, give a tenth to God and then set aside 10 in the storehouse and it'll work out for you real good. We just looked at the 20%. And what I believe the spirit of God is saying to you tonight, if you set aside 10 for God's storehouse, he's going to command blessing on all that you set your hand unto. And you can expect God's commanded blessing on the 10% that you set aside for you. Woo, man, that's good. I'm going to preach myself happy. Now, let me calm down. And, and, and let me set this up because God gave me some instruction. Say it out loud. This is God's idea. Let me get very practical with you tonight. What am I challenging you? I'm challenging you to consider the 100% of your income. Don't spend everything you earn. Set aside 10% for God. And I'm challenging you to set aside 10% for reserves. Now, I don't believe in planning for emergencies. I don't believe in emergency funds. We just read Genesis chapter 41 and 36. And he said uh, that you'll have that those seven years that you set aside 20% that you store up, you'll have it for a reserve. The Bible literally uses the word reserve. I don't believe in planning for emergencies because I'm not believing to have any. Um, I understand life is cyclical. There are times of sowing and there's times of reaping. I do know that tires on a car wear out, but that's not an emergency, right? Uh, so I don't believe in planning for emergencies. Not, you know, we could call it semantics, but I now talk to you more about it. But I, I, I challenge you to designate a God account and a reserve account. I'm not calling it emergency fund. I'm calling it a reserve. And when we launch this campaign in 2022, we're challenging you to set aside 90 days of reserve. Not that you're ever planning to use it, just to have it. You wanna have reserves set up for many years. It should never be that I'm planning on an emergency because I know I'm gonna have to use it. No, we're building wealth and establishing reserves. Woo, this is good. I'll keep it going. So let me get very practical with you. Most people, because of debt, operate on 110% of their income. I mean, they spend more in a year than they make. And if you really do the, run the numbers on it, if you're using debt to supplement your income, at the end of the year, if you made $100,000 or if your family produced $120,000, but you look at it and you spent $125,000, how's that even possible? Debt, you borrowed it, only way it's possible, right? And most people operate like that. So their debt, is it, it grows from year to year, right? Uh, because they're spending more than they make. Not to mention people who, um, and, and, and I got to stop, 
Uh, so I'll play some soft music just to make you think that I'm stopping, right? <laughs> but I'm telling you, bear with me because we're, this, next week will be good. And, and we'll just pick up where I left off. But listen, most people, they operate beyond. What I'm challenging you to do is to make some significant changes in your life to where you can function on 80%. I know that, that especially if you're already capped out and even, are, are, you, you know, you, you spend more in a year than, than you are. I know this may look very radical but I want to walk with you step by step and I'm going to give you some very godly ideas and principles, some wisdom of God. To get out of a deficit, you can do two things. You can increase income and you can cut expenditures. You may say, Pastor Stan, I'm on a fixed income. Well, don't say that because God is your source. That fixed income, that channel is a channel but it's not the source of your income. God's the source of your income. You can believe God for increased income, even in retirement. There's two things you can do to get out of a deficit. You can increase income. You can also cut expenses. Start where you are. This is what I want to challenge you to do between now and next week. If you'll allow me to give you some homework. I challenge you to designate an account that's set aside just for God and then also designate an account that's set aside as a reserve. We'll talk more about it in the future, but you know, one of our accounts in our family account is a God account, and another one of our accounts in the same, you know, it's a different suffix, is a reserve account. That's where we've established the goal of 90 days reserve. So the first thing I want to challenge you to do is designate a God account and a reserve account. We'll talk more about it. And I want you to name it. Um, I was opening an additional account for the bank, uh, for the church today at the bank. And the lady asked me, did I want to add a nickname to it? We have designated offerings like seed fund and building fund and so forth and so on. And so, uh, you know, she asked me, do you want to you want to name this particular savings account? I want you to name one of your accounts reserve. Then the second thing I want you to do between now and next week, I want you to identify how much it takes for you to operate for one day. If you're that family that needs $10,000 a month, then you know it's $1,000. Well, it's not $1,000 a day. I should have did the math. But you know, 90 days is going to be $30,000. And you can divide that. I would pull out my calendar. But I need you to establish how much does it take for you, your family, individually or collectively, to operate for one day. Then I want you to multiply that by 90 days. That's your three-month reserve goal. So between now and next week, I want you to do, do two things. I want you to establish a God account and a reserve account. And then I want you to identify what it takes for you to operate for one day in expenses and then multiply it by 90. And we're getting ready to believe God for the blessing to manifest exponentially on our storehouses. Did y'all get anything out of this today? Come on, come on, wasn't this good tonight? Amen. This, 
I'll put this one down as one of my favorites. I don't want to keep you past time. We're already over time. Thank you for staying on for so long. Um, I just want to pray just in case you're online and you don't know Jesus as your Lord, or maybe you're backslidden, you're not living right, things aren't going well, you feel hurt and broken physically, financially, or even in your relationships, and you were just kind of reaching out to God and you joined our service. If that's you, I want to pray with you and for you. We don't want to leave you in that place of hurting and brokenness. God is a healer and he is a savior. Pray this with me, mean it from your heart, and God will save you right where you are. Say, God in heaven, I do believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that Jesus died for me, bearing my sins for me. They put him in a grave, but I believe he's alive. Come into my heart. Save me from my sins. Lord, I repent for all my sins. And I accept your offer of forgiveness. Thank you for cleansing me from all unrighteousness and making heaven my home. And I receive by faith the gift of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Good things are going to be happening. Stay connected to a, a church like Faith Family Church. We'd love to have you visit one of our services. All right, my Faith Family, I look to see you all on Sunday morning. We're, we're going in deeper uh, on the rules of engagement. I'm so excited about that series and what God has us uh, for this coming Sunday. It just seems like it gets better and better. And we're getting ready and looking forward to that. I want to speak this blessing. Because you stayed online this long, I want to speak a blessing over your savings accounts that God would cause your specific goals for each account to be exceeded exponentially, to go far beyond the monies that you intend to leave laid up for your children's children will be exponentially multiplied beyond what you could imagine by the blessing of the Lord. And I release that upon you today. Do you receive it? Come on, do you receive it? I receive your blessing, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. I love you guys. Keep praying one for another, and we'll see you on Sunday morning.